Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And today is Literature Wednesday, which is awesome. We're super excited. And today is actually the final Literature Wednesday for this book. Um, we the book are. Works? I know! A whole month we got through a book. That's the first time that's happened. We literally booked it. Ha ha ha! Um, To finish (laughs) this thing. Haven't we done a book in a month, though? Or at least, no, we we haven't finished a book in a month. We haven't really finished. Like, we got the general gist of most of the books we've read on the show. But we've actually never really quote-unquote finished. Wow. If you want to, in the technical sense of the word, (laughs) I don't know that we've actually officially finished a book. (laughs) We only, we we got super close. I would say like seven eighths of the way there, which is a weird fraction, but I'm doing that on purpose because it was a lot. It was like like ninety percent of the book was just was barely, done. just barely, just barely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, we are wrapping up the first book in the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, the Magician's Nephew. Today, well, for some people, the yeah, or what the last is it, book, the depends. fifth book, yeah. Or, yeah, something seventh. Ha, I got corrected on oh, that. That one. is true. Sixth. <laughs> so it would be the sixth. I will never forget that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, anywho, today we are discussing, get ready, buckle up, chapters 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. So, five chapters. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> It, it is a lot. It's it is it is a lot. Um, we'll, this we'll is what chalk it takes. This one up to poor planning at the beginning of the month. <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't exactly. worry. We'll do better for this next one. Yeah, we will. We're gonna have to. Um, we haven't gotten any <laughs> bad comments yet, so everyone's been pretty understanding about the pace. So that's been great. Um, but yeah, we are gonna plan out the next one a little better. This is smidge. Um, and hey, I've got an entire thirteen-hour trip to Moscow and back this next week. So it looks like I've got some uh, audiobook listening to do. So <laughs> reading time. Yeah. I know. I know. So anywho. Um, yeah. So all of that is is happening today. A lot to discuss. And uh, yeah, before we get into all of that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And, and it's Wednesday. So Jake, of course, is going to do that today. So take it away, dude. Yeah, and so I accidentally closed out the window where I had the verse up. So give me one second, and <laughs> that will uh, be up shortly. That's, okay, that's we are here. Awesome. Okay, the verse this week, the verse for this week, is First Corinthians fifteen verses twenty four through twenty six. So two of them. Thought it was three, but no, it's two of them, I guess. But this week, uh, again. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 24 through 26, and it says, Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Again, that is 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 26. And so this verse uh, very interesting, very, very good post-millennial verse. Um, <laughs> very great if you are having a debate or something and you wanted to bring this up to kind of show, hey, look, 
post-millennialism right here in this verse. Um, <laughs> yeah. But showing that that all enemies, and, and even so going to uh, Matthew 28 to show the fact that all authority is his. And this is what this is kind of mimicking, or at least, yes. Um, and so it says that God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power, so it is now all his, and he is reigning until he's put all his enemies under his feet. Which brings me to something for both of these things, both of these two things. So it says here, right, that for he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet, right? And also this this next little bit, and this leads me into a bigger question that I want to ask Bruce and get Bruce involved in this. That this is the first time that I've done this, but oh um, this last little bit also the the last enemy to be destroyed is death. But I want to take both parts of these because I think they can kind of be answered in the same manner. Because we see in Matthew twenty eight, uh, in the Great Commission, Christ says, "All authority on heaven and on earth is His." Um, so when, in, in a sense, that mean that all enemies are under his feet, he has all the authority, he has all the power, all the enemies are under his feet now, right? Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it seem? And I'll, I understand Bruce has some things, but, uh, then also this fact of the last thing he shall conquer is death. A lot of people would say, well, didn't Christ die and ri rise again? Wasn't that him already conquering death? So. What is being talked about here? So I'll hand it over to Bruce to kind of answer that. Yeah, that's um, that's a big question that a lot of people struggle with um, to come to terms with with post post millennialism. But also, it, it this is one of those passages that sometimes people can think that there's contradictions in the Bible, and they're like, "Oh, this must be one of them, right?" Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but to answer this, I think we have to go back to Psalm chapter two again, which we did on Monday. This is a good time to do it again, maybe if you missed the Monday episode. But um, in Psalm chapter 2, we see at the beginning of the passage, it's talking about the uh, the kings of the earth are, um, they're just, they're trying to get away from God. They're trying to say, you know, hey, let's cast our bonds, cast the mm -hmm. bonds of God away from us, which is interesting because it means that they are restrained by God. They have the law of God. They're restrained. So there's that. But then they're also trying to cast off their bonds. They're saying, no, we want to break free. We don't want to be under the reign of God. We don't want to have peace, justice, and all of that. Uh, we want to do it our way, which, is, which brings death and destruction and injustice. Mm -hmm. um, and then God says, he laughs at them, and he says, I will give Christ the inheritance of these nations and, and the possession of the whole earth, right? So it's, okay, they're bound sort of, they also want to throw off the bounds, the bounds, and they're rebelling against God. God laughs, holds them in derision and says, okay, I will subdue them, even though they're already partially bound. So it's that, it's that dichotomy of, hey, they're bound, but sort of, right? And then mm. in the future, Christ will have dominion over all of them. 
Um, so I think that that begins to answer that that question of like already not yet sort of thing, um, which is quoted by a lot, a lot of different people talk about that. Um, Greg Bonson, Greg Shrubridge, uh, Gary DeMar, Doug Wilson, um, Toby Sumter, all of these people talk more about that already not yet uh, dichotomy, which which is exactly what's what's being discussed here. So I don't know if that clarified anything or helped at all, but uh, yeah. That's my answer. Yep. <laughs> so I think it did for me. Hopefully, it did for our audience. Sweet. So great, great. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Jake. Um, it's a good introduction to this verse, and uh, yeah, hopefully, this verse um, is is becoming one of your favorite passages. Like I know it is ours. <laughs> so it's one of ours. So let's get into this. We've got five. Yep, five chapters. You heard it right. Your uh, your radio, your microphone, your headphones are not glitching, although you probably would be led to assume that after hearing five chapters. Oy, oy, oy. Um, we're going to break down five chapters today. This is going to be interesting. Uh, so we've got Diggory and his uncle are both in trouble. That's the title name. Then we've got our chapter name, title, Strawbridge, Strawberries Adventure, Strawberry. not Strawbridge. I've got that in my head. Yeah. Now. Uh, an unexpected meeting, <clears throat> very unexpected and quite horrifying, I might add. Uh, the planting of the tree. And then the end of this story in the beginning of all others. So, so as always, I would say, I would say with these ones, let's just take them all together. So I know we, our, what we've typically done is like broken it up for each yeah. chapter. Why don't we just like for this one, just talk about everything that's going on. Hopefully within these chapters, if you are reading them, you'll be able to be like, oh, that's in this chapter, or oh, they're talking about this bit in this chapter. But there's so much that we have to talk about that it, it would it would be, I don't know, a hindrance for us to go to each each chapter, especially because there's so many of them that we have to yeah. do in this very last week. Yeah, so. that's a really good point. Um, yeah, I kind of go chapter by chapter because then I can remember mm. things better and it jogs my memory and I'm like, uh, oh yeah, that's what happened. But mm. yeah, it might be better to take it as a grander scope. So first thing right off the bat, we always say this at the beginning of these episodes, um, we're not the audiobook for Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> Magician's Nephew. That's not us <laughs> on the Reformers. Go listen to a different audiobook. <laughs> exactly. You might want to listen to a different podcast for that. What we do want to do are pull out some of the big themes and overarching concepts that we saw in this book that we think have a biblical basis or were just interesting to us. Um, the way we explain it is, hey, if you were to sit down with us and you were to say, ah, so uh, so Bruce and Jake, uh, what do you guys think about this book here, The, the Magician's Nephew? What, what are your thoughts on that? This is These are our thoughts. This is what we'd say. So, Except no one's now, asking us. We're just giving you our opinions, whether you like it or not. <laughs> we decided to tell you what we thought with no input yeah. from you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a lot here. The way that I think about these five chapters, I actually do think that they're put... Uh, it actually worked out well. Because I actually think that all of these fit well it, together as one category. And I would sum this up as the beginnings of a new world. You know, it's mm. almost like the, uh, I don't know, chapters four through 60 in the book of Genesis. How many chapters are there in Genesis 30? I don't, I should know this. I don't remember. But it's like from chapter four in Genesis all the way to the end of the book, right? Um, this is kind of like the world building. This is setting up hierarchy. This is um, getting things sorted uh, within the world after things have already been created. And one of the really interesting things 
that's discussed, that's mentioned as a concept. Uh, we actually talked a little bit about it in the last episode. Um, but the world is sort of in this growing phase, if you will, where everything mm -hmm. is so fertile that it's so fresh. It was just sung there's into existence. There's still, Aslan kind of explained it in a sense that there's still the song of creation mm. still roaming through yes. the, the wind. That's it. In a sense. Yep. yep. Yeah. And so because of that, things are kind of unsettled. And mm -hmm. it's almost like the future of this world, Narnia, is yet to be determined. It's like, oh, this could be a pure world or it could go in a different direction mm -hmm. or it could look like Earth or it could look like Charn or it could look like something completely different, um, which I think is is really interesting to see like, oh, the potential of this brand new world. Um, yeah. What will this what will this little baby grow up to be? <laughs> right. So and and I think we see a bit of both. I think we see a combination of Earth and Charn. Um, we're introduced to uh, evil. And it's funny because there's a similar story to the story in Genesis 3, right? We, we see the witch. That's the meeting, the ominous meeting, um, <clears throat> where the witch and Diggory, uh, there's a lot of dialogue. There's this long, drawn-out temptation that he eventually mm -hmm. does not end up uh, falling for which which is good there are stakes there were not not yummy steaks but um <laughs> there were <laughs> there were uh, things on both sides right where it's yeah. like oh man and we I, i'll try not i won't spoil that um you can read that for yourself but there was a legitimate reason for him to be tempted into doing what it is she wanted him to do um yeah. and it could have seemed like a good reason you know um so it wasn't one of those obvious, like, no, dur, don't do what she's telling. Well, this was actually really difficult. It was a very difficult decision. Ultimately, he did make the right decision. But I think that it's interesting that eventually Aslan had to give him what he was tempted to take for himself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, mm -hmm. Jake. Maybe you want to comment on that a little bit. Um, well, I... For me, it's hard to do to comment without giving specifics because I was about to try. I was try. I was going <laughs> to give away the things that you were saying that you weren't Don't do it. Um, so I was going to talk about that, but um, certainly yes, this is very very real in the sense of the temptations that it's in a sense very realistic to our life, and they are based in things that your heart already wants so as yeah, we talked yeah. about before and they're not necessarily the bad things movie. right yeah right but it might be something that is done in the wrong way right so the the yeah. end goal may not be bad but it, it may be the way that you do it is the issue right and so yeah. oh, I think that's that Ecclesiastes passage you brought up uh, quite a few months back. You know, there's a time and a place, there's a season, mm -hmm. you know, everything right. has a time and, try, and trying to do it out of season, out of God's control, if you will. Yeah. Which is kind of what was happening here is not, is not good. Even though the, right. it, it's kind of like an ends justify the means scenario, except they don't, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there is in, in even, you know, <laughs> I think, it, do you want me to continue on or continue speaking about this specific sure. thing? Sure, if you can keep it as cryptic as we've been this entire time, that'd be great. <laughs> well, 
I want to talk about the planting of a tree. Oh yeah, you can um, do that. This is this is probably one of the funniest. One of the funniest. Oh, uh, that tree. Um, <laughs> uh, what was it? Ah, uh, there was another one. Oh yes. So the first, there were two funny things, right? And this is, um, the first one is just at the very beginning. Uh, Bruce and I found it very funny at the beginning of the book, um, where Uncle Andrew just says, "I tried it. I tried it on a guinea pig." I tried right. it on a guinea and, pig. <laughs> yeah, and just like the voice we gave him and everything, it, yeah, that was yeah. the first funny thing. But this is <laughs> this is the second how all of the animals trying to figure out what Uncle Andrew is. Like <laughs> he looks different than all the other humans, right? Because right? they know they know Diggory and Polly are humans, right? Aslan mm-hmm. told them these are humans, you know. Um, and even the cabbie was. Uh, they were told he was a human. But this human looked weird and different. So they were like, maybe he's something else. So well, it was also interesting. The point you brought up last week was that he closed himself off to being able to mm-hmm. hear. So yeah. like that contributed, like he had no idea what they were saying. He was acting. So yeah. They just heard, an- he just heard animal noises. Yeah. yeah. And they were exactly. all like, why were they were trying to talk to him? And he's not responding mm-hmm. and he's like freaking out. And he's like, and they're like, why is he freaking out? Like we're yeah. trying to talk to him. <laughs> they, like, yeah, I think they thought of him as one of the one of the dumb witless animals yes, that Aslan that couldn't created. Yep. Yeah. Um yep. and so they they're like they're trying to think they're like he's tall like a tree. Maybe he's just a <laughs> sapling. Maybe right. so they're like so the elephants picked him up with their trunks and one of the, one of the animals so he yeah, was like unconscious. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they they dug a hole and they stuck him in this hole. Um and what was it? The funny part was they they were arguing back and forth as to which side was which the, way to was plant the him. roots and which <laughs> side was the was the tree branches. <laughs> so they were like, the hair looks like roots. Maybe that <laughs> oh, needs no. to go into the ground. And, and but of course, another one, another one made a comment. No, the the legs look like it's the start to a roots. So maybe yeah, that's those are the roots. And thankfully, that those that that group of animals won the argument. Yeah. And so they planted it <laughs> right side up. But with that, right, two two coins come out: a silver coin and a gold coin. Mm-hmm. And with what you were talking about, Bruce, with the with the 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 air, the song of creation still in the air, um, those tree, those two coins became trees, gold, a yeah. gold tree and a silver tree. Yep, uh, that was also very interesting. So that was just a, a funny, funny little bit that I thought I would bring up. Yeah, but it yeah, was really cool. Yep, yep, that was pretty hilarious. Um, so. Next, what we have is this little little mini adventure within an adventure within an adventure. I, I kind of feel like the this book to me felt like three stories, um, like that Russian mm. nesting doll thing, all collapsed in on itself, which was interesting. Like three different layers you go down. Um, like there's the original world where they're in the attic and there's the mysterious like background and story behind Uncle Andrew and all yeah. of that. And, and I felt like that was going somewhere. And then it's like, okay, we paused that one. Now we're going to move into 
the wood between the worlds. And now you can go between these portals and there's different places you can go and different adventures you can explore. Oh, and what does this pool do? What does that pool do? Okay, let's pause that. And then let's specifically hone in on Narnia. Okay, so this is one specific world that's being created that's, you know, like all yeah. of these things are happening. <clears throat> so that's like the third adventure. We've now Russian nesting dolled all the way down there. And then, and then within that world, we have another adventure, this little mini quest, if you will, that ends up kind of determining the future of the world. This is, this is kind of the, the quest that gives humans credibility in the eyes of Narnians because there weren't humans created in Narnia, which I find also very interesting. Um, they, they are meant to kind of rule Narnia, but they weren't there originally, which means Aslan knew humans would be coming and he didn't need mm-hmm. to create them, which I, I think is really interesting. Anyways, um, right. so they, they're there, but then Aslan forces Diggory to tell everyone there the evil that he brought to their world. This fresh new world, yeah. it's beautiful, it's glorious, it's wonderful. They don't know anything about evil. Never heard of the concept. Never even occurred to them yet. And then... That's that's when the, the that's why the chapter is is named the way it is. The um, I think it's called. Oh yeah, Diggory and his uncle are both in trouble for very different mm-hmm. reasons. But the interesting thing is that Diggory fessed up to his mistakes. He owned them. He mm-hmm. was. It says he was and thinking about them. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. He was thinking about ways to like, you know, crawl out of it and like get away with it. But then he was like, No, I'm not. I'm. I, the only thing I can do is be brutally honest. And he was. And he faced consequences for it, which was, you know, it was tough. Um, there was a moment there where it was like, oh, man, maybe he didn't make the right choice. But then right. Aslan said, well, let's fix it. Yeah. Do this thing. Yeah. And that's, that's probably a great, a great dichotomy that I really like there is that there is a sense of Yes, okay, you did you did something wrong. There was a mistake. There was a there was a sin. It the there is the confession of sins, but there's more to it. Yes. There is there is confession of sins. And then and then there is a putting off and a putting on. Yeah. There's a fixing of this mistake. Uh Um so Diggory brought this evil into the world. So now he has to go and make sure that this section of the world will be safe from that evil right that narnia it's his responsibility to fix his mm-hmm. mistakes yep yeah yep yeah and so that's kind of where this the meeting occurs between the witch and diggory the temptation goes down um there there's the this thing he has to get and this thing he eventually has to do which is in the title of the chapters we won't give that away exactly but it's in there you know if you've read the book like you know, like you should have been, then mm-hmm. uh, then you'll know exactly mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Um, but prior to that entire adventure, uh, there's something Jake wants to bring up. Um, there's a transformation of sorts that occurs to two characters, and I'll let Jake kind of take that. Well, I, I personally think this is something we both kind of wanted to bring up because sure. we thought of it as a very um, kingdom-oriented type of... Yeah. Um, uh, glimpse or imagery in a sense of the cabbie right the cabbie coming into this into this world um again was this old not i don't know if he was that old probably middle-aged i would say but um he was coming into this world 
and he was very British, very, um, in a sense, Cockney British. So he was very country British, not not high British in the sense of very um, eloquent, eloquent or um, or in a sense, modern kind of city like British. But um, but when he came in, Aslan started to change him. Right, turn him into a king. They mm-hmm. Aslan made him the king and his wife the queen. Now, his wife did not enter Aslan. Sorry, did not enter um Narnia with the rest yeah. of them when they did. Um yep. but when um Aslan mm-hmm. asked something about would there any be would there be any reason you wouldn't stay? And the cabbie said, well, his wife is back home. He needs to get back to his wife and everything. And so Aslan brought his wife to <laughs> Narnia. And yep. he turned both of them into kings and queen. Yeah. A king and a queen. And you start to see this transformation, not only in his appearance, but his voice. He goes from having this country accent. Unrefined unrefined version of his British British accent yep. to then having a more refined kingly um yeah. version. As still yeah. British, I would think. I don't know. His I don't... speech his speech undergoes a transformation from yeah. not super elegant, from not being very eloquent to more eloquent, to now being able to state things better, to be more poetic, to uh, think a little bit in a higher way. And it, that transformation from the old man to the new is, is really fascinating. And I, 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 we were discussing it. We, we can't help but think that there is obviously some symbolism there about the transformation of man when they're brought into the kingdom of God, just like Jake was saying. Yeah. You know, We aren't left in our old state. We're being made new. Uh, we're yep. being made into kings and queens in Christ. We're uh, yeah. a, a priestly kingdom, right? Um, and, and there's there's so much there. We've talked a lot more about that in previous episodes on the show. But that transformation was abundantly obvious because of the whole time through the the speech. That it's even if you read it instead of even just listening to the audiobook. Even listening to the audiobook, it's kind of hard to understand what what it is. <laughs> the caddy is saying but even reading it is is harder it's like Mm. well uh uh wasn't that the way that he wouldn't walk down the okay i'm confused (laughs) but like it it accurately represents how someone with that accent and that level of education and and whatever would talk um and then it it goes into this elegance and eloquent speech and it's, it's just very interesting now that's not a dig at those kinds of people not a dig at people who, you know, oh, they're a lower class or they're less than or whatever. No, they're not less than. Everyone is human. We're all created equal. Um, but it is a transformation. There is just like there's some music that is objectively better than other kinds. There is art and then there is non-art. Like you can't just take a paintbrush and slobber all over a canvas and call it art. Nope, that's right. No, you can't. Call modern it well, it's modern art. Yeah, no, it's it's not art. It's ugly. Um, there is objective beauty. There is objective. Um, so in that same way, there is objectively 
good speech and bad speech. There is objectively high speech and low speech. Doesn't mean that it's like evil. It just means one is better and we should attain and attempt to attain one over the other. So yeah. Anyways, that was a really good point. And that was, I didn't even think about the language, but yeah, that's, that was a really good point. I was, his demeanor changed as well. Um, which was interesting and his clothes and then, <clears throat> and his horse, maybe you mentioned this, but the horse went from being a regular old horse who pulled a carriage. <clears throat> no, it was a war, a war horse, mind you, but mm -hmm. from that to, um, a Pegasus, right? To yeah. a winged and his, horse. his name changed. Yeah, that was also interesting yep. in the sense yep. of um, in the Bible, Jacob going from Jacob to Israel to yeah. um, Abram to Abraham. Name. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jacob does yeah, mean right. Israel, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it it changes like his name changes <clears throat> from Strawberry to Fledge, um, yeah. and so. There's there's a difference in that too, um, but my question is, and here's a here's a thought, is why why strawberry and why um, the cabbie, why are mm -hmm. they at a, in, put in a higher position than any of the other animals that Aslan created? Yeah. Why is Fledge over any of the other horses? Why is he the one allowed to become a Pegasus? And not any of the other horses. Why? Why the cabbie to be the king, instead of Aslan creating his own human in this world to be a king? Yeah. In Questions a sense, to think about. We are mm -hmm. running out of time, but yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. Did you have answers for those, or were you just posing those? As... I I had a little bit of a kind of, in a sense, a glimpse of an answer. Um, oh, okay. But saying maybe possibly because they've seen the real world, they would not. They've seen Earth and the way it is, and they would be able to say, "Hey, warnings! Don't go Here that are way. some issues. Here are some yeah. problems. Let's make sure we stay away from these. Yeah, and make sure that we don't start going in that direction. Yep. Um. So yep. because they've had experiences of evil, they understand what that is, and so they can combat it and that's a possible yeah. answer i'm not saying i know what yeah. c.s lewis it's, was trying it's to an do there answer yep yeah so the end final chapter we're at 30 minutes but the final chapter is the end of this story and the beginning of all others and there's a lot more that happens there um if you haven't been reading along with us this entire time check out that last chapter um, if you haven't read any of the other chapters that is one of the best ones to check out highly recommend it um sweet well this has been our study through the magician's nephew. We uh, hope it was edifying. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, we are looking forward to starting our next book next week. Probably going to read four chapters, presumably. Um, but we're going to be reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, very exciting. So all of that is going to be happening next week. And uh, yeah, look forward to this Friday's episode where, as promised, the beginning of every month, the next book uh, we're about to start, we are going to be having my pastor, Pastor Jonathan Hansen, on the show to discuss the next book, some themes we should be looking out for as we begin to read this book, and uh, just some of his thoughts since he is a Narnia aficionado. 
So <laughs> thank you all so, so much. Yeah. Yeah. Connoisseur. Yeah. All of that. Uh, thank you all so, so much for watching or listening to us today. Don't forget our website is trdshow.net. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. Thank you, Jake, for all your awesome insights. This was a great chat and we are looking forward to seeing everyone on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.